Let's have a word of prayer, shall we? Father, we thank you today for all that's been said in song and all that's happened today. Bless those who are home watching, and we thank you for the last less than 30 minutes, 27 minutes in this year. We thank you for all that you have done. We ask your blessing, Lord God, on these last few minutes as we think about what you've called us to. You've called us to be people who see. There are blind people who can't see these days. They live in a world with people, Lord God, who've tried all their life to show them. Some of us were blind in our early life. But today I pray that you'd open our eyes and help us build a new future, a new beginning in the name of Jesus. And everyone say, I'd like you to look at your neighbor and say, I am so glad I came tonight. Come on, tell them, say, I am so glad I came tonight. You're going to be gone in a few minutes, too, because we're going to let you go. One thing about New Year's service, we're going to have one song right after New Year's. You're going to say, Happy New Year's. Then we're going to all sing one last happy song, and we're going home tonight. How many of you got Hoppin' Johns ready? We got Hoppin' Johns at my house. How many of you got some greens ready? Did anybody else cook? <laughs> if you cooked, raise your hand. All right. The rest of y'all going out, I guess, right? I heard it. I heard something over there. I don't know what I heard, but I heard somebody say, uh-uh, no, we're not, or something like that. Give me, give me 15 minutes of your life, maybe 10. I want to share a quick word with you tonight. And I, I really believe that we're about to begin a, a series that will be life-changing for all of us. Repeat the topic with me, please. Say, building a future. Today, we're going to talk about building a future with people that can see. In our study in John chapter 9, there's a story of a guy who could not see. And this guy that could not see is going to be healed from blindness, and he's not going to ask for it. It's one of the few miracles in the Bible where somebody is made well and didn't specifically come and ask for it. It was offered to him. There's another example of this in Acts chapter 3 where the lame man was laying at the gate. And Peter asked him, do you want to be made well? Now, there's a lesson in this that I, I think is helpful. The, 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 the statement that is made in John chapter 9, verse 25, at the top of your sermon notes there, is a statement that sets the stage for our brief discussion. Here's what the guy said. He answered the Pharisees and said these words. Whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, though I was blind, now I see. Now, you can relate to that statement if you think about it. There was a time you'd go to the mall and spend all of your money. You were blind, but now you can see. There was a time when you had to stay up late. That was important to you. You wanted to hang out with your friends 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning, but you were blind. You get a job and responsibilities, and now you can see. There was a time when you did not try to eat right. Just a few episodes, a few stomach moments. You were blind, but now you can see. We all can relate to that moment when sight comes. 
In this story, there are three sides of blindness. The first side is the never-been-exposed side of blindness. That, that's a blindness that's rooted in the fact that you never, ever saw anybody that could see. You've never been around anybody that can see. Never been exposed to certain things. And I'm telling you, exposure is the key to changing everything in your life. If you want to build a future, you've got to see. Because we're talking about your future. Whose future are we talking about? One more time, whose future are we talking about? It's important for you to understand, we're not talking about your neighbor, we're not talking about your family, your cousin, we're talking about you as an individual. So we'll talk about briefly the never been exposed side, and then there's the rebellious side of blindness. Now that's the side that is really hard to cure. It's just impossible to cure because you push off sight. No matter what anybody tries to show you, you, you don't want to see it. You're determined you're going to graduate from college without doing homework. You're convinced that your good looks are going to pay your bills. There's a side of blindness that is just determined. You remember you were in love, so in love, so in love, so in love, so had to have them, had to have them. But you look back and now you say, I was blind. But now I see. And then thirdly, there is the social side of blindness. That side has to do with trying to get along with everybody, trying to make people happy. Social status is more important than the truth. You'll deny people, people that you should stand with for social status. You see a lot of this in college. You see a lot of this with people, especially in younger years sometimes, in high school, middle school. You see it where you hang with the wrong crowd just for social status. Sometimes on the job you'll hang with the wrong crew, sit in the room and talk about the boss in the break room, for social status. And when you get fired, you say, I was blind. <laughs> but now I what? No, come on, say it again. Now I what? See, yeah. Ninth chapter of John, verse 1, here's what it says. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. Notice, this is a guy who had never seen. No exposure to sight. He has no concept of what it means to see. And his disciples asked him a question. People often ask this question. Rabbi, they said, who sinned? Who sinned? Somebody must have done something wrong. This man or his parents must have failed. It's amazing how we just don't think people have issues. We, we tend to measure people by our own standard, and we ignore the fact that sometimes you just have an issue, a physical issue, an emotional issue. You just have an issue. There's no explanation. Christians, and I have a whole sermon I'm going to do in a couple of weeks on three weeks, I think, it's on, the, on, on having all the answers. Feeling like you've got every explanation. You've got to have the explanation for everything. And sometimes you just don't know. You don't know why you did it. Well, Jesus responded. His answer was in verse 3 of John chapter 9, neither this man nor his parents sinned. Nobody did anything. Can you say it with me? Please come on. Nobody did anything, nobody sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him while, who sent me while it's day. Bottom line, he says, you know, I'm going to take what happened to this guy and I'm going to do something in his life that he didn't ask for. And I'm going to use it for the glory of God. You see, sometimes 
we don't know why your circumstance came into being, but God can fix it. Well, watch what happens. Verse 5, as long as I'm in the world, he said, I'm the light of the world. Verse 6, and when he had said these things, now this is amazing. This is, this is a surprise tactic. Sometimes, you know, you just want to ask God, why did you have to do it that way? You ever had that problem in your life? You look, look, you know, could you just, look what he, he spat on the ground. That's a problem right there. And he, and he made clay, and that's another problem. You're playing in it now. You're playing in it. <laughs> that's what it seemed like to me. And then he anointed the eyes of the blind man with, with the clay. That's just amazing. I know I'm glad he couldn't see. If he could see, he said, what you doing? <laughs> Have you ever been glad God didn't show you how he fixed, he's going to fix it? Well, watch what happened. He said to him, go wash. That's a good idea. So he went and washed, and he came back seeing. Here's what I've learned about dealing with the Lord. Sometimes you just don't, you just, he just doesn't do things the way you want him to. But it worked. And then verse 7 said, when he went and washed, they came back and they said, is not this he who, was, who begged? Now notice, this tells you his profession. He was a beggar, but now he got sight. He can see, so now he can get a job. He can have a career. He can go to school. He can get educated. He can, his life can change. He has options and opportunities all because he can see. He now, listen to this, has the potential to build a future because he can see. Sight changes everything. You know why I feel good about being 58? I can see. Some people ask me, do you want to be 18? No, you can't see. You can't see like you can at 58. See, at 18, everything's important to you. The prob and 17, all that's important to you. You know what I'm saying? When you're young, you, you choose people because you can't see. When you get to be my age, you can see if you open your eyes. You understand? So this guy now has opportunities. He can see his life's change. And now he runs into people who don't want to see, the Pharisees. It's the rebellious side of blindness. They were blind and they had eyeballs, but they still couldn't see. They were not supportive of this miracle. They were critical and they were dismissive. They acted as if nothing happened. It wasn't even worthy of consideration. Here's what they said in verse 10. They said to him, the blind man. Now they didn't say, hey, glad you can see, man. This is amazing. It's a miracle. These were the spiritual leaders. But here's what they said. How were your eyes open? <laughs> he said, a man, Jesus, Spit in the ground, put it on my eyes, that's paraphrase, and told me to go wash. And I received my sight. They said, where is he? He said, I don't know. Don't really care. Please notice, they brought him who formerly was blind to the Pharisees, and now it was on the Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. See, that's the problem. It wasn't when they thought it should be. And the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight. He said, I told you, he puts his spit on the ground, he put clay on my eyes, and they washed it, now I see. And they struggled because they could not explain it away. Therefore, verse 16, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. You know, religious people get on my nerves. They miss the point. Sometimes you just miss the whole point. You're sitting up in a church and everybody's leaving. Do you notice? You're there by yourself. 
You preach so long, the people go to sleep. Do you notice? Tell your neighbor, say, wake up, wake up, wake up. <laughs> Nobody's sleeping. But you understand what I'm saying? There's a, there's a moment when you can get to the place that you don't notice that you're no longer relevant. And so it's amazing. They ignored him. They said, how can a man who's a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. And, he said to the, and they said to the blind man again, verse 17, what do you say about him because he opened your eyes? He said, he's a prophet in my opinion. Notice how focused this guy is and how clear he is. And notice how rebellious these Pharisees are. You know, you can get to a place where you, you don't want to see. And what's really sad is this was not only the Pharisees who had this problem, his parents did. And they did it because of the social status. His parents were intimidated because they would be excommunicated. They were timid, they were distant, and they were non-supportive, all because if they acknowledged their son was healed, they would be kicked out of the synagogue. And that was a very big deal. That was the social center of the, of the community. You may not be able to do trade. People probably wouldn't talk to you anymore. You couldn't do business. It could be a, a big outcome, a big challenge. And so the people come to his, his parents in verse 18 of chapter 9, and the Jews uh, did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him who had received his sight. And they asked them, saying, Is your son who you say was born blind, how then does he see? His parents answered and said, We don't know. Uh, we, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but uh, by what means he was made, we don't know how it happened. He is of age. Ask him. In other words, don't, don't bring us into this. All because of social status. Are you trying to stay blind because you just want to keep that man? Are you trying to stay blind just so you can keep your position? Are you trying to stay blind? Are you ignoring things? It's amazing how you can, you can for the sake of, of protecting yourself, you will not do what it takes to build a future. You just let things go. In this lesson, in this story, there are four lessons I want you to take home with you today. You will never see beyond your exposure. I like the fact that Jesus went to this guy and said, let me show you something. Let me, let me offer you something that you would not ask for. You don't, even know, you don't even know to ask me for this. When you look at me, that's what you see. I never asked to preach. I never asked to be a pastor. I never once in my life thought I would do this, ever. I think it's hilarious that I get in front of people and talk. I never dreamed to do this, ever. But here's what I can tell you. God has something you can't see. Sometimes God has a future for you that you can't imagine. The question is, can you see? Secondly, notice that your, your fear of losing social status can keep you blind. The parents missed the great moment to stand with their son and say, yes, he can see. And sometimes you lose out because you won't stand up and be the voice that says the truth. Thirdly, you will never be able to see if you are rebellious. Now that is a lesson to take home with you. If you refuse to see the truth, if you insist on it, and there are people in this room who can tell you, they ignored the truth for a long time. They ignored the truth about themselves. Their discipline, their attitudes, their money, how they live their lives. 
They ignored it for a long time. They ignored the truth about their health. They go to the doctor and he says, you have high blood pressure. They said, the devil is a liar. He just said, the numbers say you got it. You ignore the truth, and believe it or not, that's rebellion. You refuse to see. That's why I asked the question, can you see? And if you don't pay attention, you'll never get there. And the last lesson is some people can't see and will never see. That's hard. You know, one of the hardest lessons in life is learning you can't take everybody with you. The Pharisees weren't going to get it, Period. There are people in your life that you'll meet, and sometimes here's what's really hard. Look at me. What's really hard when it's your kid. It's hard when it's your brother. It's hard when it's your son. It's hard when it's somebody you know. This person has chosen not to see. No matter what I show them, no matter what. Here's your, here's your, here is your income. You make $10,000 here a year. You're spending fifteen. dollars That's a problem. America refuses to see. We spend more than we take in. At what point do we have to pay the bill? Every now and then, you have to say to yourself, if I keep eating this way, if I keep living this way, if we keep fighting this way, where's our marriage going to be? Every year, I come to the last 10 minutes of the year, and I said, oh, God, I promise you, I'm going to go buy some exercise equipment in Jesus' name. And you do all this, and you are here again. Next year, you're going to do the same thing. In January, you make all these promises, all these declarations, and none of them are true. Do you know what really, you know what really helped me with that? I wrote them down, and then I read them. And I noticed every year I was writing the same thing down. Every year, every year. I went back and I reviewed just yesterday the last seven years of my visions for the year. I write them down every year. And I, I did most of them, but I always find two or three things on the list that rolls over from year to year. That closet in your house has been junky for how many years now? You've been walking in that closet and said, in Jesus' name, I'm going to get you. Here's what I want you to see. Sometimes you can't see, and sometimes the people around you can't see. Next, next time we meet, on Sunday morning, tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock, I'm going to talk to you about people who can't see and how those people impact your life. And I want to show you that if you're going to build a future, you must learn to see and you must surround yourself with people that can see. You may have all the desires in your life, but I can look at you, I can look at your friends. And Warren Buffett said this, I can look at your heroes and I can tell you where you're going. I can tell you what, you, what will become of your life because of who you admire. Some of you are admiring people that can't get you there. Some of you are, are, are looking at life and you're refusing to open your eyes and see. It's time for you to take a step back. It's time for you to take a big step back and say to yourself, I want to see. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father God, in Jesus' name, I pray that what we've said today will ring in the hearts of your people. There are people here today who need to see. Every year they talk about serving God. Every year I'm going to give my life to God. Every year, every year, every year. Maybe they're rebellious and don't know it. Good people who just have not been honest with themselves. They have been blind, but now they can see. The sermon has helped them back up and think about it. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask you a question. You want to end this year in another place? 
with another reality in your life, then you are going to have to make a decision. And nobody can make it for you. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Ricky Temple, I want to end my life today. I want to leave this room right with God. I want my life changed. I want to leave out of here if I'm watching from home, wherever you are, and you're saying, I want my life to be different. I want you right now, if that's you, I want you to simply raise your hand. I want to pray for you. I want to leave the year different, Pastor. I only got a few more minutes in the year. You, you're down to just a few minutes. And I want you to just raise your hand if you would please. You're down to about eight minutes. Raise your hand. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Let me see. 11, 12, 13, 14, 20, 25 of you or so, about 25, 26. Father, touch these, 27, 28. Touch these in Jesus' name, Lord God, whose hands are lifted. Now, every hand lifted. Lift every hand in the building. Lift your hands with me. Father, we thank you. In these last few minutes, I pray that the Holy Spirit would bring healing and blessing to the lives of your people. I pray, God, that the Holy Spirit would bless them and strengthen them. And Lord God, as we get ready to sing and worship you today in this last song of the, of the year, I pray that these people whose hands are raised are saying, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want to start a life with you. I want my life to be different. I want my life to be different. I want my world to be different. And I ask you, Lord God, to forgive me for whatever's in my past and let my new year begin this year. And I honor you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. And everyone say amen.